Let's pray. Almighty and gracious God, Lord, as we hear these words from you today, I pray that you remind us of the promises that you speak over our lives, promises of past, present, and future that is secure in you forever. May these promises be the things that we cling to each and every day until we join you in eternity, in your Father's house forever. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, as Pastor Mark uh, shared, uh, last Sunday I was not here because I was away on family vacation, and uh, it was my entire family that got together. So my wife Lauren, both of my parents, as well as my brother and his wife and their two kids, and we all journeyed down to the beautiful island of Puerto Rico. And uh, I have uh, three grandparents who were born there, uh, all uh, who are deceased now, but uh, we still have some family down there, some of my dad's cousins and and things like that. And so uh, I've been to the island over the years, but uh, in prior trips, I wasn't exactly responsible for planning what was going to happen. Uh, Typically, because I was either too young, and so my parents took care of all the planning and everything, or uh, because when I was going to visit family, uh, the family took care of it, and everything was kind of sorted out. But this trip uh, wasn't exactly like that. Instead, I had a bit more responsibility about planning what was going to happen and where we were going to go, what we were going to do, where we were going to stay, and so on and so forth. And so uh, in the midst of all of this planning and things, Lauren would continually ask me a a question. Do you know where we're going? Now, uh, in, in my experience and in the conversations I've had, even throughout this morning and in the stories I've been told, it seems to me that there are two kinds of people in every relationship. Uh, there is one person who, who likes to have uh, the details of every part of a, a trip or a plan written down and kind of in a timeline so that you know what is going to happen. And for those people, that is uh, what creates a, a stress-free and relaxing environment. And then there are other types of people who like to enjoy life and have fun. (laughs) And as you might very well imagine, I am the second kind of person in my marriage, meaning Lauren is the person who has the plans and the details and wants everything kind of laid out. And before I even continue, I should say that I am thankful to God that she is that way because the Lord knows I need that in my life. Yeah, we can clap for Lauren, yeah, absolutely. Uh, nonetheless, in the context of our planning, then, she would ask that question, do you know where we're going? And I would always answer, yeah, I know where we're going. But to me, that meant I kind of knew the idea and the cities we were staying in and some of the other stuff. But what she was really looking for was uh, where, where was the Airbnb located? What was the address of that place? And where are we going to do things? Had I looked up information that she had been sending me about all the things that we could possibly do while we were there? And uh, the interesting thing about this is that that's all kind of reasonable information to want to know when you're going on vacation. And I would agree with you. And if you know me like Lauren does, then you know when I say, yeah, I know where we're going, then you probably would understand that there's a 20 to 30% chance that all the details are gonna kind of get figured out once we land in Puerto Rico. Now just by looking at the congregation here as I have throughout the morning, I can see that some of you are shrugging and thinking to yourselves, yeah, that sounds about right. And others of you are looking at me and thinking to yourselves, how could anyone possibly live like that? And the beauty of this is that many of you are sitting right next to each other. (laughs) 
nonetheless, as you can see, we made it back and it was safe. It was a great vacation. Uh, but I share all of that with you this morning because uh, lately I've been thinking a lot about that question that Lauren was asking in light of uh, John's gospel reading this morning, the story that we just heard. Do you know where we are going? This morning, I want to explore that question with you in light of uh, what Jesus says to the disciples and to me and to you because I think it points us towards a powerful reminder of a promise that Jesus speaks. And it reminds us that, that part of following Jesus isn't about knowing where we're going or how we're going to get there, but trusting in him to lead us no matter what lies ahead. And so as our story opens up, uh, Jesus says these words to the disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Now just to set the scene here, what's going on when Jesus speaks these words is uh, the disciples are probably feeling a little bit anxious. See, uh, Jesus is speaking to them the night before he is going to be crucified. And so uh, what's just happened have been three really important moments in the life of Jesus and his disciples. Three things that you have heard about over the years and you've heard these stories before. Uh, what just took place was that Jesus had just washed their feet as they gathered for the Last Supper. And then Jesus had told them about the disciple who was going to betray him and turn him over. And then, just before this very verse is spoken, Jesus has told Peter that he is going to deny him three times before the rooster crows. So as you can imagine, in the midst of hearing all of those things and, and trusting that what Jesus says is true, the disciples are feeling pretty anxious when they're gathered together in this room. And so Jesus speaks these words of comfort. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. But then he continues on to, to tell them and, and to invite them into to something different, to experience something new. See, as he continues, he says, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Now, first glance or first read through, this kind of sounds a little bit cryptic from Jesus. He starts off by telling them that in his father's house there are many dwelling places, and then he starts talking about this place. And he says he's going to this place where this place has prepared a place for them, and he is preparing a place for them, and when he gets to the place, they will be with him in the place, and they know the way to the place. It's kind of like Jesus is describing this place without ever telling them where the place is is. And so uh, my guess is that as all the disciples are in there and they're hearing all these things from Jesus, uh, they're feeling a little bit confused about what is happening. I kind of imagine that they're all kind of looking at each other and wondering, do you know where we're going? But it's one of those moments at the same time that no one wanted to say that. They didn't want to be embarrassed by not knowing what Jesus was talking about. And my guess is you've probably had that moment once or twice in your life where uh, you're the only one in the room who doesn't really know what's being talked about. Uh, I had one of those moments a few months ago at a, at a staff meeting when uh, Pastor Mark uh, made a joke about Peter Frampton. And uh, everyone around the table starts cracking up, and I'm sitting at the end of the table, and I'm like, who's Peter Frampton? <laughs> and uh, as you can imagine, everyone else is like, okay, you can leave now. We're, we're done with you for the day. 
Uh, but I think we've all kind of had those moments. You don't want to speak up because you don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want anyone else to know that you don't know what's happening here. And so uh, rather than, than say that, rather than ask that question, Thomas speaks up, but he says something different. He says to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And as I reflected on Thomas's words, there were two things that really stood out to me. The first one being that, that Thomas is saying these words completely and wholeheartedly, that, that these things are, are Thomas deeply feels in his heart. Because when you think about following Jesus, it wasn't like when Jesus first called the disciples, he gave them some kind of itinerary. Here's where we're going to be going for the next three years. And it's kind of hard for us to imagine that because when we read scripture, we have all the places and the locations given to us. We can look at maps and track the journeys that they went on, but that's not how it was for them. They followed Jesus wherever he was going to go. They simply followed him, not knowing what or where they were going next. And so Thomas really means, Lord, we don't know where you're going because we never really have. But the second thing that stands out to me is the way in which Thomas is, uh, addresses Jesus here. Notice that he doesn't ask the obvious question, right? The obvious question would be, Lord, where are you going? Instead, he openly admits that we don't know where you're going, and therefore, how could we know the way? Now, put yourself in Thomas's shoes just for a moment, I think everything begins to make more sense when we try to do that. Again, following Jesus is not about knowing where you're going. It's about trusting in him to lead you wherever he may go. And at the same time, uh, for Thomas, he deeply believed in following Jesus. He deeply trusted in Jesus to lead him. Remember, uh, back in John 11, Jesus tells them that, that he is going to awaken Lazarus, and Thomas looks at the rest of the disciples and he says to them, let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas is, is ready and willing to follow Jesus, even if it means to death. And so uh, Thomas's his words mean a lot more here when he's asking Jesus, where are they going? How can we know the way? And again, logically, Thomas's words make a lot of sense. Because if you don't know the destination of where you are going, it's impossible for you to know the way. It's like me telling Lauren, yeah, I know where we're going, but I didn't have the address of the Airbnb until we landed in Puerto Rico. There's, there's like this sense of you don't know the destination, then you can't possibly know where you are headed. Right? Uh, it would be like opening up Google Maps or, or Waze or whatever map app you use to get around and not typing anything in, just looking at it and hoping something pops up for you. That's not how it works. You need a destination to then know the way in which you are going. Without knowing uh, where you are headed, it's impossible to know how to get there. And if any of this sounds even uh, remotely confusing to you, then, then I think we're all kind of in the same place because I imagine that's how Thomas felt when Jesus says to him, you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And then Jesus speaks a word of comfort to Thomas. Jesus speaks a powerful word of promise in the midst of Thomas's confusion and his misunderstanding of what's happening. He says to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
And with these words, Jesus speaks a moment of profound clarity to the disciples. He, he gives them, uh, he provides them with a, a destination, with the place to where he is going. Jesus tells them, I am going to my Father's house. Jesus is preparing them and telling them about what is going to take place in the next 24 hours. He's preparing them for his death. See, they'd already heard that someone was going to betray him. And they had already been told that, that one of his most beloved was going to deny him three times. But they needed to be prepared for everything else that was going to happen. For all of the, the turmoil, for all of the, the deception and the lying, for all of the beating that Jesus would go through, for all of the suffering that he would have to endure. For him having to be nailed on a cross before them and hang there and die in front of a crowd. They were going to have to endure all of these things. And Jesus was preparing them for those moments. But he was also preparing them for what would happen three days later. When uh, they would arrive and the grave would be empty. And in that moment, Jesus was preparing them to tell them that he was going to go to his father's house, where a place was already made for him. And when he arrives in his father's house, he would begin to prepare a place for each and every one of them. Jesus uh, was, was writing their names down. Each one of them would have a room in his father's house. Jesus was telling them that for all those who have followed him, all those who believe in him, there is a place for them in his father's house. And when Jesus makes this promise, he reminds them that in the midst of, of the heartbreak and the grief and the sadness that they were about to experience, that their future is already secure in him. This is why he starts off the passage the way that he does, by telling them that in his father's house there were many rooms. He clarifies that if there weren't enough rooms, that if there wasn't space for every one of them to come, he wouldn't have even told them. But because he says these words, he's telling them, there is a place for each and every one of you. There is a room with your name on it. Your place in my father's house is secure forever. Nothing and no one can take that away from you. This is the promise that Jesus makes to his disciples on that night before he dies. And it's the same promise that Jesus makes to me and you this morning. When he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is inviting us to experience the reality that as those who follow him and believe in him, we know where we're going. There's already a place in his father's house with our name on it. And one of the things that's so beautiful about this promise from Jesus is that it offers us a sense of security in our future that nothing else in this world can offer. One of the things that I think uh, we often think about in the context of future security is when we talk about retirement. You start saving while, we're, while you're young so that one day you might not have to work anymore. And so uh, you can be free of those things and your future will be secure. And if you didn't do that when you were younger, then perhaps you're working more now and trying to save now. But all preparing for the future, all preparing for something that will give you this sense of security that you will be okay one day. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
Uh, there's nothing wrong with, with wanting, with saving, and desiring that kind of security. But what happens when something goes wrong? What happens when, when the saving isn't there anymore or you're not able to do it? What happens when, when life goes in a different direction and all of a sudden the plans that you had laid out are gone and now you're wondering where to go next or where you might end up? Jesus wants you to hear these words of promise about a future that is so much greater than whatever this earth may give to you. The promise that Jesus makes to you is about your future in eternity. Everything that Jesus has promised to you is already yours, not because of anything that you've done, but because of everything that he has done for you. The room in his father's house is ready. The bed is made, the sheets are there, the pillows are nice and fluffed, maybe there's a towel or two, maybe there's even some chocolates on the pillows. Jesus promises that in him you have a place in his father's house forever. That your future, your eternity is in him and therefore it is secure. And that means that you know where you're going on that last day. And that is such good news. And if that were all that Jesus had to say, that would be enough. But with Jesus, there's always more to it. Because Jesus doesn't want his promises to only be about what we have to look forward to. Jesus wants us to experience his promises here and now. Every day of our lives. Some of you uh, may know this or perhaps have heard this over the years, but uh, this passage from John's gospel is a rather unique one in the life of so many here in the church. This, this passage from John's gospel, John chapter 14, is often read at a very unique time in the lives of believers. It's often the gospel reading for a funeral. And when the loved ones of someone who has died hear these words from Jesus, he speaks these words of comfort. There's a reminder of, of where the ones who have gone before us are, that their eternity is already secured in Jesus. And yet at the same time, for those of us who remain here, for those of us who are perhaps experiencing the, the weight of our grief and of our sorrow and of our sadness, Jesus speaks these words to remind us that he is with us along the way. That he is the one who is speaking to us through his word. Reminding us of the promises that he brings of his comfort and his peace and his love. That he is the one who, who speaks his joy into our lives with his presence. That he promises to stay close by to you no matter what you may be going through, no matter what you're facing, even when you don't know what lies ahead. He is the one who goes with you. That through every battle, through, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he will be with you no matter what. And in doing so, in making this promise, Jesus invites me and you to experience the power of, of the transformation of our lives right here and now in the present because of his presence. 
And so uh, no matter what you may be bringing with you today, no matter what you may uh, leave with as you head back home, you're reminded that Jesus goes with you through everything, that Jesus is your way, and he already has a place for you one day into eternity. And that that means you can cling closely to those promises here and now, and one day live in those promises forever with him. As I close, I invite you to hear the words of Jesus that he speaks to me and you. Dear brothers and sisters, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I have prepared a place for each and every one of you in my Father's house with me forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.